there's not going to be a need to say my name. I, I think it's irrelevant. I don't want. To, I don't want to be introduced. I just want to have a conversation. It's not even an introduction. All I do yeah. is say your name. Just, just let me let me start off with a story. You can, you can trim it. Well, out. Yeah, all right, it's recording now, but I'm going to trim the. Okay, front, yeah. I trim the front end off. So you just right. start. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Just remember. Sorry. Just remember. Slow, clear, concise, yeah. and I have to remember that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only going to on. So I very vividly remember this one moment. It was literally almost 20 years ago now. My mother just kind of picked me up from Bernie Primary School. We're walking outside the building towards the car. And on the way, we come across two other kids. One of these kids was you. The other was Josh Walker, who's also still a best friend of mine to this day. You guys were standing there with a mischievous smirk on your face and Josh was holding what at least appeared to be at the time, a rubber glove filled with water. You guys, <laughs> you guys had pricked a little hole in one of the fingers so water could get out and then started squirming in the face with it. Whilst we're working by, you know, you guys were having a bit of a laugh. I had an awkward squinting smile on my face and i'm sure my mother was smiling too it was all a bit of innocent fun between young boys later on however i found out that there wasn't water in that rubber glove that you guys were holding <laughs> but rather one of you guys and i'm still not sure which one but one of you guys had pissed in that rubber glove and then proceeded to squirt me in the face with it right outside the active schoolyard in front of my mother. Now, my question to you, Fries, is do you think that we were normal kids? And if not, what the fuck was wrong with us? Uh, what is normal? I mean, how do you define normal? Is it like the standard for a kid that age in our well, Tasmanian culture, we'll call it. Not that it differs too much from Australian or Western culture as a whole. Uh, I would say mischievous to a normal level, maybe a little bit dark in certain exploits and intense, but I would call it relatively normal. I mean, I'm sure we're not the first kids to dabble in piss pranks. And uh, for the record, it was most definitely Josh's piss because, and I do also I recall. Quite, I should put that note in. I didn't actually want to know. <laughs> I do actually recall as well. Yeah, that, that motherfucker was holding the glove as well. So yeah, okay. And I naturally, I, I won't want to hold his piss. But um, I do actually remember the exact look on your face. I even remember the haircut you had at the time because it was the first time we had, uh, first time we had sort of you know informally met. But at that age introductions aren't exactly formal anyway are they it's kind of oh this is my mate jab oh yeah cool no worries let's go ride bikes or get up get up to whatever trouble it is that we intend on but um no i don't know we it's not as if that was the beginning of a bunch of uh mischievous uh kind of activities before and after school and of a weekend at that age i mean i was a couple of years older than you guys but maybe i was immaturely dabbling in some childish humor longer than I should have been, but it was good fun. It was a good uh, environment, a good upbringing. I think uh, all living so close to each other and being proactive in um, our door shed, uh, you know, riding bikes, riding scooters, skateboards, building jumps, getting up to the odd bit of trouble, obviously. Um, Jackass was pretty exciting at the time. So I remember we were uh, 
trying to do our own stunts and film them and backyard wrestling and um, all that typical kind of shit, but it was good fun at the time. Yeah, the, the, the era of arsehole the movie, that's what we called it, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is the spin-off Jackass. And, and, and I'd, I'd agree as well. I, I think I think we were normal kids. I, I would I would argue that we were probably uh, pushing pushing the line on the on the, uh, more of the rebellious side than maybe this other other kids around us. Uh, but n- nothing nothing vicious or abnormal, I don't think. But that, that's what kids do, though, right? The kids kids test each other. I think <clears throat> you were a little bit more daring. I think a little bit more ballsy than uh, let's say Josh and I in the same way that Josh's older brother Mitch was as well. You guys are willing to always take things a little bit uh, a little bit further than Josh and I were comfortable with. I don't know if we were just a little bit softer as, as young kids, but um, it would at least it made it entertaining from our perspective because, you know, you, you go that extra inch that someone else isn't willing to, then it's like, even if it's something ridiculous and mischievous or dangerous, it's admirable, you know what I mean? It's like it's... Well, well that's the thing. I, I, had, I had to do that. I had to do that to be accepted with you guys. You got you guys were, you guys were cooler than I was. You guys, guys, kind of a, I don't know, had more of a. Uh, you you guys were, were were more knowledgeable in the in the in the, in the social environment. You guys kind of were, you know were, were more sophisticated with your with your curse words. You guys kind of had like a. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. You guys were watching South by Fat Pizza. You were, you guys were all up with all of the the cool shows, and it's just like. I had to figure out a way to, because I was new to the school, and I had to try to try to find a way to, to to fit in, and that kind of manifested itself in me having to be the guy that kind of pushed the limits. I had to kind of be the guy that, that went high. I had to, I, I had to, I tried to accept it by you guys somehow. Almost uh, take acts to a level that bought you a level of respect and acceptance. Yeah. I, th- I think you had that already anyway, which which evidently played out until later in life. Because um, Josh would often say about how you were the strongest kid in school and the toughest kid in school and, you know, fast at running and and good at this and good at that. So I think there was an immediate level of respect. And I remember that the the somewhat of an initiation um, beyond getting piss squirted in your face was um, that that Mitch and I, both being older than you, had to sort of like wrestle you as as if to like, um, oh, let's see how strong this kid really is. And I remember thinking, fuck this kid almost had me. He actually was quite strong. And I wasn't a particularly strong uh, kid, but I was obviously older than you and that naturally that uh, level of physical development that, that was unrivaled by you anyway. See, um, see, I barely even remember that early on. I, I, the, the way that I see it, the way that I remember it is just uh, me having, being psychologically having, like uh, you guys psychologically kicking my ass when it comes to, again, you guys, you guys were cooler than I was. You guys uh, knew so much more about about the world and so much about more about culture. I felt like I lived in a much more sheltered environment. So it's like I really felt like I was behind. I really felt like I was lower in our little uh, in our little social hierarchy. And, and, and that's the thing. We, we, we always have that sense of that, right, as kids. It's like we, whether we're young or we're old, we kind of have that feeling of where, where we sit within the group. And so we're trying to find ways to, to climb up or find ways to be accepted. I don't think it matters what age or, <clears throat> excuse me, what age, demographic, location, there is always a social hierarchy within yeah. any culture, even if it's grade four boys in a schoolyard all the way up to a men's middle-aged fishing club to a senior's mm. female club who 
get coffees of a Sunday morning. I mean, there's always a hierarchical mm. structure almost to anything where there's um, individuals present. Mm. And it's it's funny, I've seen that dynamic change from group to group. Not naturally, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's very, yeah. And, and, and not to posture, but I mean, in certain certain groups, it's like people look to me, uh, let's say in the, in the gym, um, you know, I'm a figure of strength, let's say, or knowledge at the very least that people look to me for acceptance or uh, guidance or knowledge or wisdom. But then in other areas, let's say, uh, of hunting or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for example, um, I'm very much the, the learner, the noob, and I'm definitely not a position of authority in any means um, and not even in, a, in regards to presence not even in terms of like a physical presence or an emotional presence i'm just a fucking painting on the wall and i'm okay with that i think to, in order to accept new knowledge you have to accept that level and therefore be open to the new learning from various sources and you quickly navigate which sources are quality and which sources are not whether that's from like you know uh learning instructional manuals or people or whatever the case is anyway i'm sort of getting away from the point of hierarchical structure that they exist whether people want to deny their existence or not they exist because they've always existed deny their existence or not exactly or like even down to and i don't want to go into the gender aspect but there's there are hierarchical structures and they're always going to exist they have always existed it's evolutionary for the sake of our survival like many other things we instinctively have inbuilt within us um but yeah again with I think having an older brother uh, sort of sped my process up. Mm. Like I've got an older brother who's six years older than me. So mm. at that age, he sped my development up in regards to what was cool, what mm. music was cool, uh, you know, what shows were cool. Yeah, yeah I was the oldest sibling. So yeah. No, exactly. No so you, well, were, yeah. you were the compass potentially for yeah. your younger siblings. Um, whereas I had one and thank fuck, I still say commonly now, thank fuck that I did because he, he would, was instrumental in my development regarding um, overcoming fears, regarding mm. tackling new challenges mm. uh, and formulating my personality. I don't know where or what kind of person I would evolve into if I had not had an older brother. Um, but it's funny. And then we're, I mean, there are numerous different variables that can contribute to that. But here I'm sitting across from you as the older brother. And although we're not necessarily, I mean, we're very different in numerous ways, we're also kind of similar people. Otherwise, we wouldn't be, you know, similar to some degree or share some commonalities. Otherwise, it would be unlikely we would be friends. Yeah. So, you know, there's maybe that genetic element that you've got to throw into that as well. Of course, there's, there's always similarities. There's like uh, between you and your siblings from, you know, obviously you have the same parents and there's just a, a, a giant psychologically psychological carryover as far as personality types go from, from, from your parents is an interesting thing to recognize because uh, not all of us want to be like our parents but um but you have to, to realize that there is a, a big genetic carry carryover there but uh, that, that's that's going off on another tangent but um back to the the, the hierarchical structure of, uh, of uh of different groups and of culture in itself and even of, of young boys it's uh i finally took a recommendation by you and um, something that you'd recommended uh, for me to read for a, for a long, long time. I'm sure you probably recommended this to, to a lot of people. You, um, you even, you even had the man um, on your podcast, which was, uh, which is fascinating in itself. But uh, I, uh, I finally took your recommendation and read, uh, read the way of men by, uh, by Jack Donovan. Um, uh, I was, I was quite blown away from that book. I, th- I thought I kind of had a, a decent foundational, understanding of, of hierarchy in the way that um uh the, the way the way that it, it runs through culture the way that, that that we have such a natural sense of it all but um he uh helped me to to break it down 
again further into the higher resolution and um to recognize these uh these four staples that is uh that is uh put through the system of how how we judge each other as people how we judge each other as men uh these four staples being uh being strength courage mastery and honor and just uh really being able to recognize that these are some of the, the four or the four staples that we have judged ourselves throughout the history of mankind throughout the history of our species and that we still continue to to judge each other to this day so we look fondly upon people who are strong we look fondly upon people who are courageous we look fondly upon people who are experts in in one field and we, and we look fondly upon people who who honor our cultural systems and, and when you recognize all of these things you can also you can also judge yourself and uh, and where you sit upon each one of those staples in any one situation and and, and even you know after reading this book a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago now, of um, I, these are the, these are concepts that I think about a lot. I think about where was my level of uh, of strength or courage or, or, or mastery in, in, in certain uh, places of my life. You know, if we're going to go back to this uh, to the period of of, of of me being in primary school around you guys, it's like where did I sit as far as um my my level of mastery, my my level of strength, I guess my level of courage was perhaps where I was where I was was how I. Uh, um, brought some respect onto myself, but um, I, I, I don't think I was very high in any of the other fields. But um, it's very, very interesting to to realize that we're we're constantly judging ourselves based on these based on these staples. In the social groups of men, particularly, I can't speak on behalf of women, of course, but you're I think all, it's pretty similar, to be honest. It's it's likely. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine strength is going to be less of a metric that's used for measure for. Assessing, um, you know, it's more likely to be maybe an analogy, you know, or like something that's a metaphor of strength or something, you know, strength without necessarily being direct physical, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolute, I guess, strength of, of character or something for like sure, that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Or, yeah. or is strength of character in, in being self sure of yourself, mm. and that could be confidence, confidence you know? yeah. But I yeah. think that we go back to those as, um, subconscious assessments of one another, like how we decide this hierarchical structure in certain social groups, that they are the metric in which we use to um, analyze people. And that's what buys respect. That's what buy or commands respect in some circumstances. Mm. That's what um, gives you the audience because you possess uh, skills or, you know, anything that correlates with those four pillars. And the ability to contribute, to contribute you know, any of those one aspects of the, 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 the four staples, you know, uh, having a higher level of any one of those gives you the ability to contribute the group around you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes you someone that people want to be around or, exactly. or, or yeah. be desirable or, and look, there are, value. I know, of, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm sure that I am good friends with people who don't necessarily possess qualities in any of those pillars, but maybe just their willingness to learn or maybe just their, uh, knowledge of varied topics, not necessarily mastery of one another, make them interesting enough or make them compatible enough as a... Could, as they, go, could they go into the segment of honour in, in a sense? I guess, like, but like, then like, how, like, how vast do you take that? I think I think honour is deemed by um, acts of courage or, um, you know, self-respect or understanding yeah. um, 
or even, even courage the courage to, 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 to be to be honest to be able to, to, to be able to put yourself into that that's that good. learner's mindset you that's know? a good point you could almost yeah. I mean by that analysis you could almost categorize anything into those four yeah you know, that, well, that, that's the way that I another. thought about when I read this book I thought it really teed up like all, all aspects very very well I, I found it hard to actually look into where uh, there wasn't one element that you could look that you could respect about a person that didn't fall into one of those four staples that's why I thought the book was so brilliant I thought you really really covered all the bases with, the, with, the, with those four the four aspects there. I guess when you draw that conclusion or you, you uh, the summary of these four pillars from mm. an analysis of all cultures throughout the course of, mm. of you know, civilized human history, that's all of them uh, use to one yeah. degree or another these pillars in, and sometimes yeah. in, a, in a vast vast way, like you just said, the summary of, yeah. um, of someone just being willing to learn is a sign of courage because yeah. they're willing to uh, show um, what's the bloody word? Humility. Humility. Yeah. Be, be willing to show humility, which can take courage because it draws judgment. Oh, this sure. person doesn't know much, and sometimes that's a, a reflection of the other individuals that you're dealing with. And sometimes um, it can work against you, depending on the social and IQ level of, of the the social circle you're dealing with. And then again, uh, in that conversation we had about that book the other week, we were talking about. Uh, people who can embody multiple archetypes. Mm. And so, for example, being able to adjust your focus on either of those qualities to suit the dynamic mm. of the group. Mm. And people might call that fraudulent, whereas I think it's more of like being able to bend to accommodate a certain social group or make things flow a little easier mm. or be a bit more like a chameleon, so to speak, as yeah. opposed to a con artist or a grifter. So some people might categorize that as in, you are one person, you are one personality, and you don't fold for anyone. Although I agree with that, you can accentuate certain qualities depending Absolutely. on the social group yeah, you're discussing. Yeah. I mean, I don't talk the same way around my grandparents as mm. I do around guys in the gym, for example. And it's not not because I'm not being completely mm. honest. It's just that you have a there different... Many, many different parts of you. Exactly. Yeah. And you use different kinds of language. And if, if someone only has one mode and it's work mm. mode and everything's mm. fuck shit, can't fucking... Uh, it really simplified, mm. dumbed down, and then um, I think that's more of a show of someone's lack of intellect mm. because they can't fold to these social, or I should say, lack of social yeah. skill yeah. if they can't bend to these to these uh, different uh, cultural systems. But um, yeah, the, the metric, those four pillars, is a metric on how we assess people's suitability or, or admiration or uh, the level of which we see them compatible in numerous different means is quite interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good system to assess, I guess. And not that you have to be methodical in that assessment, not that there's like a fucking box, series of boxes you need to tick. But in a pond, you meet someone, you have a conversation with them in it for an hour and you think, oh, what do I find them interesting? Or why do why am I attracted to this conversation with this person? They typically suit those boxes one way or another, whether you like to admit it or not, or whether you analyze it that way or not. I'm drawn to this person because they're, uh, you know, they have mastery in one area or another, or or they have strength in a certain area, or they've demonstrated courage through certain. I mean, for example, everyone likes a hero story because someone's demonstrated a high level of courage. Everyone likes to hear about someone's high level of achievement in a certain industry or sport because that demonstrates mastery. You know what I mean? It's it's typically beyond the means of which the average person has reached, and that's what makes them. That's why we put them on pedestals or pillars no 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 i no, i agree wholeheartedly like i said i thought i thought uh jack donovan really covered the the, the pillars the basis of, 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 of the way that 
the way we judge the value of each other in, in, in any one situation uh, through, throughout history. Um, now the elephant, the elephant in the room when it comes to um, it comes to modern Western culture is that uh, some of these characteristics, or some of the the the, the way of men, or the, or the the way of the hierarchical system in itself, is uh, in a lot of sections in in, in, the, in contemporary societies not look, being looked uh, fondly upon. The the ideas of this uh, this this kind of uh, I don't know like a, which the place devil's advocate could be looked at like a an imbalance of power or, or, or a race between certain men to, to one up each other, to, to, to try get themselves ahead and to try uh, almost like exert an excess of strength, exert an excess of power to try get ahead. And then that, that, that is what modern society is. There's ways this is looked upon um, and it's labeled as uh, it's the patriarchy and it's, it's labeled as Toxic masculinity, which uh, which comes to another question that I have for you is uh, the term toxic ma- masculinity. What does that mean to you? Because you, can you can you even still man? Can you even still man that that argument if if you if you believe? I, I firstly I almost it, hate it exists, the yeah. I hate the word toxic as an adjective because it's been used and abused to goddamn <laughs> death. So I like it almost makes me cringe hearing the damn word. But it's look. As far as I think we had a conversation about it once before, and I think you summed it up really well in a way that I hadn't been able to until that point, that it's utilizing um, the traits that men possess. Let's assume it's it's one is more advanced than another in a way to advance yourself at the compromise of others. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not have used those words exactly, but that's mm-hmm. like let's assume you have a high uh social iq and you can manipulate people so you utilize that skill to benefit yourself at the compromise of others so people do guys do it with women all the time for example what do we call that machiavellianism yeah. is it I don't yeah yeah to, 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 to manipulate social social uh systems to get yourself ahead so something that i only learned Look, the other and, day and yeah. let's let's assume that's in the in the realm of the business world yeah okay it may not be not be the most admirable means, mm. but sometimes it's maybe necessary means. And if no one necessarily gets hurt in the process, is it necessarily a bad thing? I think when someone has disregard for who they leave in the wake in terms of emotional, physical pain in um, mm. using whatever, and it doesn't, they don't even have to be advanced skills. As I said, men do it to women all the time, mm. lie to get yeah. certain things yeah. and then don't worry about the emotional harm that they're causing. So if you wanted to, mm. if you wanted to call that toxic masculinity, I would, potentially agree yeah but the term has become fucking bastardized for example mansplaining or is is toxic masculinity as in a, a an explanation let's assume a reasonable explanation and i don't know to what to what limits mansplaining fucking has but let's assume it's like i'm going to show the wife how to start a mower oh stop mansplaining maybe it's just a fucking explanation from a man and maybe because these kinds of terms have been overused and bastardized so much that they're the first thing that enter our, in our heads or can potentially enter into females' heads, young guys' heads, I'm not necessarily trying to categorize and gender there, that we label it that way because we've got this instinctive response now because it's been so fucking indoctrinated in us through social media. So I try not to use those terms because I don't want to give them any more fucking fire whatsoever. But I, I, think, I, I, I don't use them either by the way. If yeah, and, and like I said, they're, they're so vast now and it's such a popular catchphrase that any woman that's been treated like dirt by a guy and it just refers to as toxic masculinity. And I think it's more of an 
uh, an individual toxicity yeah. rather than I would call it a yeah. mass. Where, where is the line where it becomes toxic or not? And you, you might have you might have put the finger on it where where it starts hurting other people. And then it's the question: is is it it's, toxic masculinity or is it literally just toxic. just mas- or, or or just masculinity? the same time you know it could, it could be one way or the other if you're looking you know i, th- I think from the other side i think because let's assume majority of the time men are perpetrators i think that's a generalized point of view that men are perpetrators so therefore it's tied to masculinity but the reality is i think it's individual toxicity because females can be toxic fucking animals can be toxic you know environments can be toxic anything can almost be toxic and then toxic, even, even toxic if, the word meaning harm essentially yeah something let's that, call yeah, it that yeah, yeah, damaging yeah. i think yeah, i think yeah, the, yeah. the definition is something along the line of poisonous in one means or another yeah, yeah, yeah. and not even necessarily the physical it damages it yeah, exactly it doesn't have to yeah. be in the physical sense it can be it uh, categorizes multiple um you know emotional physical or spiritual harm let's call it but i think as i said because it seems as though it comes predominantly from men because um and this is going to sound a little bit narrow minded but the simplest way i can summarize it without explaining for another hour is that because men predominantly hold positions of power it seems as though it's portrayed by men predominantly and um, it, look and in let's say let's for the sake of keeping on the social media side of things, uh, it's going to seem like it's meant a hell of a lot more because it's women who are playing to victim of a hell of a lot more, you know what I mean? I mean, typically speaking... So and, and you, sorry, what, what did you mean by women playing victim? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to call... I'm not yeah. going to say that exactly because I don't think women necessarily play victim, but I think they become victim to it. I feel, I feel, like, I feel, I feel like it's a what? very small section of women as well that are, that are very, very loud, like they're kind of disproportionately so, loud that are, that, which, that are playing victim to which it. Which brings know, me like, to yeah. the social media thing. Yeah. So that is just, let's assume there's... And I'm just going to throw arbitrary figures. The out. hardcore let's, feminists, you know, that look, are getting all the airtime. Not even, know, not yeah, even yeah. necessarily feminists. Yeah. Let's just say a scorned female by a man. Let's assume there's 25 percent out there, 25 percent of general population on social media are females who've been scorned by a man, and they're bitter. Now, th- again, I'm just this is just mm-hmm. an arbitrary generalization. Yeah, sure. For example, yeah, yeah. I'm not accusing you or anyone or saying this is the case, but that 25 percent is going to be a hell of a lot louder. That 25 percent wants easy labels to name the situation and name those who have harmed them. So this is, I think this is the foundation on which toxic masculinity has got its, got its roots and just sort of grown and just become an easy label for any attribute that a male may not has that a woman may not like. And I've seen guys even use the term toxic masculinity. And I think, I think that's just mm. maybe they're using it accurately, but the times I've seen it used has been used, sure. in my opinion, um, inaccurately. Yeah. As in, it's just it's, it's been, effectively it's been, just been used and it's diluting the, the, the power of the exactly, word. In a sense, yeah. Exactly. And I think, there, as you said, there's um, a, a contingent of people who have just given it a hell of a lot more airtime um, and given it more popularity. So it's just become fucking cash cry. And that's yeah. why I hate it. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, Take it back a step, and 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 this this is so so called toxic masculinity. I think we, we hit the nail on the head. It's like the, it's, if you break it back down to the definition, the toxic is the, is the fact that it causes that causes harm. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's just uh, it's masculinity. It's those four pillars of, of, of masculinity manifesting itself in a negative manner. It's, it's just it's misdirected masculinity. Whilst those four pillars are, are bringing you to that harmful place. Those four pillars can also, therefore, bring you to a positive place. If, you, if you, you're, you're able to use the strength, the courage, but, the, the the mastery, the honor, and you you have noble intentions, and not to hurt anybody, you can use this to 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 build your life into a better place where you where you can contribute to to your family, contribute to the town, and contribute to what's around you through using those those uh those pillars to bring you forward. You know, and I agree, 
but here's where um, my gripe is with the term primarily, and you sort of just brought me to this point a second ago, that let's assume strength isn't even misused. Let's assume a bully uses strength in a schoolyard. Yeah. Okay, you can call that toxic masculinity. Perhaps that's an accurate description. Yeah. However, strength, even in a demonstration of goodwill or um, with innocent intent that no one becomes victim to, is beginning to be labelled as toxic masculinity yeah, no, because yeah, it shows yeah. it enforces that hierarchical structure further. It demonstrates that someone is better than someone else at something. And uh, to generalise, again, I don't even like to use this term so much, uh, that leftist types in regards to those who want a certain uh, social structure, they don't want anyone being better at anything. So if it's like if one of those pillars is being even used potentially for a good or it's just being demonstrated, that's just toxic masculinity. As in, oh, he's just an egocentrist or this is all bad. Let's just demonize that pillar because it's something that demonstrates that they are better than other people at in some realm or another. It doesn't have to be strength. It can be anything. It can be this, mastery. Yeah. The, 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 what, you, what you touched on just before, it's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it, it, go, it goes down, it goes down uh, pretty deep. Where, where it's all coming from, I think you mentioned, you just touched on it, the, the, the idea of bringing everybody to the same level mm. in a sense, it's like, uh, you know, um, I, I don't always feel confident of, 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 of digging into um, to people, people will, will say, that, you know, it comes from the underlying uh, Marxist style doctrine, but basically the, to, to build more equity in society, to take away that power differentials that the people who have the, the uh, disproportionate amount of power to, you know, like the, the underclasses, but it's something that I was thinking about before is that um just quickly that, oh we could delve into that we, conversation we, we, for we, a long fucking yeah, time. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh <laughs> the um the these pillars, the, um, I, I I just think it's a, it's a, I'm gonna keep going back to them because I just think it it works as a great uh a great hinging point for this conversation. Uh these the the, the, the forms of, of strength, courage, mastery, and honor, although when uh say utilized by Let's let's use let's use the the, the classic stereotype. Uh, um, white white male, a white male which looked at a privileged white male who has looked like every everything is handed to them in in the world. They therefore, if they use these pillars to try to get themselves ahead, it's looked as looked as, as toxic. It's looked as as negative. It's looked at them trying to exert their power. However, if there's any uh, of a associated oppressed class or um, uh, these pillars. I look fondly upon. Yeah, say continue. Sorry, I know that's it's a fucking yeah. That's yeah. interrupts your chain of thought dramatically. No, 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 that's fine. Um, these lower classes. The use the use of the pillars in the in the in the the so said underclass and the so said non privileged classes is is look fondly upon. If if a if a woman is the uh, and and I think this is great. By the way, a woman is to is to present and uh, and showcase these qualities is to show is to showcase strength and uh and courage and mastery and honor as 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 look as look much more fondly upon than if the if the if the if the white male say so so is is using those those characteristics you know in in that uh that gives in, further fuel to the cultural marxism theory though doesn't it if it's been looked exactly at, it's, 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 about, it's about push it's about putting resistance in the form of the the so said uh, more privileged classes, and then putting our power and fuel underneath the, the so said hmm. underclasses. You know, and, and you, you know, you add race, you add race, and everything to that, in, into that equation. 
and it's trying to like push everyone down together. You know, it, it, it seems. You know. The intent, I think the the intent is innocent and mm. admirable for majority of people who try and enforce this socially. Mm. I think the intent is admirable, honestly. Um, what a beautiful I'd, world would be if everybody was on the, was on a level playing field, right? We're all we're all the same. We're all we're all working together as one. Fun, as one. Fundamentally, though, these ideas or these yeah. theories or ideologies, whatever you want to call them, that don't typically correlate with how we've evolved in our social uh, yeah, sphere yeah, structures, yeah, whatever yeah, you want to call them. Is the problem. There's like a there's a constant correlating denial of reality in these ideas. Exactly. Yeah. And that comes down to not just um, ideas of, of equality or equity or um, even uh, gender, for example. There's just blatant disregard for absolute fucking reality. <clears throat> Excuse me. And again, I don't want to go down the tangent of cultural Marxism, but... Um, all that stems typically from a denial of reality because if you mm. undermine reality mm. or what we know to be true and not even in a, in a social sense, in like a physical fucking sense, like gender X, X and Y, I mean, if you undermine that, anything is at play to be undermined. Sure. Anything is yeah. at play to be to be uh, disregarded as, as truth or fact or whatever because even the most simple of structures of truth can't exist yeah. then no truth can exist. well like, no like you said the, the attentions might be righteous and I, I mean in, in a sense it's like uh how, how can you um uh how is it how is it the the idea of putting everybody to, to the level playing field the underclass of the people who have uh who who um who have more resistance moving forward the people who don't have the privileges they're about bringing them up to the same level of privileges everybody around how, how can you look Badly upon that concept, it's like it's it's a, it's a righteous concept in that sense. It's the the problem the problem is, is that like you said, it's a, it naturally people don't bring themselves to the same places. Naturally, people like this, and people are just denying certain environmental and social factors. And that being the case, across the world or even across the Western world, it just oh man, on so many levels, is it not? possible and you can try and you can help and you can hand up as much as you fucking want but these these hierarchical levels are always going to exist yeah. in the same way they always have for various reasons and that's something again that we could discuss for the next two hours <laughs> but um they're always going to exist now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and um give a hand up it shouldn't mean that you shouldn't try and help mm. just not be have any sort of delusions about um the potential lasting impacts and not have any delusions about, or this isn't necessarily delusional, but not necessarily demonize those who do work at getting themselves ahead. You know what I mean? Like, no, you should remain at this level for the sake of comfort everyone else or because therefore the average sits nice and low so more people can obtain it. And that something else has been demonized is, is higher level achievements, whether people realize it or not, because oh, it makes everyone else feel inferior. Don't be beautiful because everyone else feels ugly. Don't be strong because everyone else feels weak. And again, just undermining that cultural structure that's always existed. So what, what okay. replaces it, you know? And okay, so, so how, how, do we, how do we naturally uh, channel, channel, channel these, these, uh, these intrinsic, kind of our intrinsic nature to, to get ahead, the, 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 these four pillars that are that that are that drive us forward as males. How, how do we how do we channel that in a, in a positive manner? I think, and I've got like a pretty um, well thought out philosophy regarding this. I think if you, 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 I mean, it's not necessarily a matter of channeling. I don't think. I think you should be conscious of them, but it can be simplified in a way that if you're 
doing the best you can in everything you mm. sink your teeth into, every activity you undertake, every job site you work at, every blog you write. If you do the best you can, I think that's going to impact everyone in the most, yourself and everyone around you mm. and even in the uh, wider audience in the most positive way possible. Mm. Now, you're not responsible for how everyone is going to perceive that. And for everyone who wants, sorry, for someone who wants everyone at ground zero and at this level of impossible uh, equality, they might demonize that because they see you getting ahead and they might think, oh no, subconsciously, you shouldn't get ahead. You should be down here amongst everyone else or or you should be focusing on bringing everyone else up. And I'm not gonna tell anyone where how they should or shouldn't invest their energy. If, if you're, you wanna invest your life in bringing everyone else up and not focusing on yourself, that's up to you. But what I- Can, can, you, do, can you do one without the other? I think you can do both. Yeah, yeah. It's course, not necessarily easy. I don't think it's uh, something that a lot of people can can balance well. And maybe some people are too self-involved. Maybe some people are too giving in regards to their energy and time and resources. I don't really know. Again, I'm not I'm not in a position where I could tell someone that they are not doing that until it's someone who's close to me and they're evidently harming themselves in order to give someone else potentially. Let's as an example, or they're not focusing on themselves enough, and therefore they're a pile of shit in regards to physical health or financial situation or spiritually um look i I think that's that's individual for everyone i can't say how that should or shouldn't be but again how that integrates with your family your community culturally will probably be a dictator of that and i think high achieving shouldn't necessarily obstruct that at all if i'm sort of sticking on even the, the question that you originally asked there but um Oh, where I've lost my train of thought entirely. Based yeah, on that it's, 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 it's about how we how we can like the we we've, we've come to the um the agreement that these <laughs> the, the these are this is our natural way of living as men as as people is to is is, is to try uh and hold our position uh, a complementary uh and powerful position in 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 our as as powerful position as we can manage in our in our said said hierarchy we have the we have this nature to to look fondly upon strength to look fondly upon courage to look fondly upon mastery uh and, and this is just reality and we are going to judge ourselves on on these bases it's like how as a as a culture let's let's, let's, let's use our own local town for example like how do, how do, as men as people how do we exercise these pillars in, in, in a positive manner uh be the best living example of what you can be. I think yeah. that's it. I think yeah. if if young um, people, boys, girls, doesn't really matter. I don't think a struggle when it comes, physical- to, it comes to career, when it comes to, it comes to, to to your physical health, when it comes to, to, to how you how you treat your family, to anything. I think if yeah. you if you're if you have elements of the most important elements of your life under control, financially, physically, mm. spiritually, mm. Um, then I think. All you can do is be the, a good example of what that looks like. Or, or, and typically those elements demonstrated in a, in a productive way will draw um, admiration anyway, I think. And because and, I know, for example, I've seen people who are, who are on the ball that, are, that have their shit together physically, financially, spiritually, right. and I'm drawn to that. I yeah, look at that and yeah, I think, fuck, I want to I be that. And especially when I feel like I was less, I was less under control in regards to financial situation or I was less, less under aware spiritually I wanted to be because I saw examples of that and that's how I wanted to be. So I think that's the most productive way and it has unlimited reach. It doesn't necessarily have to be via one-to-one conversation. This is one of the powers of social media, for example. The best way to um, 
facilitate that in, in a wider uh, lens is just to be the example of it. See, I, and I, we're not we're not always obviously. I mean, I'm not perfect spiritually. I'm not perfect financially. I'm I'm not once a physical specimen I was, but <laughs> that's doesn't mean I'm not trying. It doesn't mean that they stand great, mate. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I'm, okay, I'm not as strong as I once was. Which, okay, you're not the Hulk anymore. That's cool. Though, so. <laughs> but um, it doesn't mean that I sh- that we shouldn't stop trying. Not everyone has to be perfect. But you should be continually trying. And so anyway, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. That 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 that, that example. It's like, what kind of example are you in in, in the way that you're living? And I I feel like. I feel like, uh, obviously, across time in different realms to different levels, I feel like that is something that you have always been. Uh, at least to me, you've you've you've, uh, you've kind of presented yourself as a positive example. You've always kind of had this mentality, and and, and the way and the concept and the ways that you've done this has has changed a lot across the years. But you've always been someone who's trying to be better, who's trying to move forward. You've always attached yourself to certain concepts that you thought were at least at the time positive concepts and you've, you've, you've tried to use them and it's, it's been very obvious. I can remember, I remember uh, again, going, going back many, many, many years ago, it's like, uh, I remember when you, when you first got your, um, your apprenticeship in, uh, in, in butchery. I, I, I just, re- I can remember you having such a, such a kind of explicit understanding and pride for, for work ethic. You used to used to speak about it. You used to you used to pridefully say that you were a good worker, that you're a hard worker. And I can remember this this kind of this idea. I, I, I can remember it kind of rippling off into some other people in our friendship group. It, did, it didn't get me, unfortunately, at the time. <laughs> too. I find I find that myself many years later. But uh, that was very interesting that you, um, although you weren't classically just the just like a, an employee kind of mindset where you just kind of rock out the job and you just do the work, you follow the rules. You were never someone who just followed the rules just because you'd always always questioned social systems you'd always uh you'd always done things the way that you thought was right but for whatever reason the idea of of work ethic and working hard and do that 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 had that was in you very early i'm so always wonder where, where, where did that come from a couple of things i want to take it back to your first point i've far from had my shit together Maybe you've seen parts where I've had yeah. things together strongly in one element. Let's yeah. say in work career, I've, I've typically always held my shit together. I've never been without a job, for example. But emotionally, absolutely fucking shit show. <laughs> you know, for, for probably more of my life than I'd like to admit, only in the last couple of years have I really got that together. But that's on, upon really understanding mm-hmm. who I am as a person. But I think um, to advance forward on that, Work ethic stemmed from, I think, because that's all I really had. As in, I wasn't particularly good at anything, um, and I never. Uh, and and to no disrespect to my parents, I didn't have really strong guidance from them in regards to ethics, morality, rights, wrongs. I think I think that went for all of us back in that young group. Potentially, as well, by the but, way, yeah, there might be a commonality right. between us all. I think. So you sort of navigate yourself, yeah. and something I found that I have that in the workspace, if I did a good job, it gained me respect. It sort of like, um, it gave me a small degree of admiration and, and you, you felt that mutual respect and that, that commonality with your, your work peers. So I, I just grabbed a hold of that. You know, that was something that I felt like I was good at. Even you it, grabbed it, it, it that early. I can, I can remember. And yeah. it wouldn't even matter whether I was laying concrete or flipping burgers. I just had, that was just something I could sink my teeth into and attempt to excel at because they were, you know, I think I maybe rode BMX at the time, but, you know, you guys are better in the circle. So it didn't feel like it was my thing. Mm. And although everyone fucking works, I felt like 
my work ethic separated me from other people around, not necessarily you guys, yeah. um, but other guys who I worked with at the time. Now, I've not always been perfect in that. I mean, I've been bitter about some full-time jobs I've had, yeah. and I've gotten to a point where I'm like, oh, fuck this place, fuck these that, 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 is, that is a personality trait as well, by the way, is like somebody's proclivity to be a harder worker than, than, than another. Probably. Well. But Probably there is the ability to, to kind of to change that a little bit or whatever, but I think a large part of that also is I think genetic. Be, Possibly, but I think even if it's not, if you're conscious mm, about your circumstances mm, you and you, you yeah. understand that there's going to be a certain return from working to a certain degree mm. or at least know that more opportunities present themselves. Instead of going in front of your face, a carrot stick in front of your face. To, to, yeah. yeah, and yeah. like, and I remember people used to say, oh, actually, sorry, I, for a period of yeah. time, categorised things as like a dead-end job, mm. let's say. So what was, the carrot, to, what was the carrot stick for you? Or was there, was that the, the, you, the appreciation you said? Was it? I guess, you noticed, respect yeah. from other men. Yeah. Respect yeah. From, yeah. Other, from my work colleagues. I wanted them to, uh, I guess, like me and, and have a level of respect for me that I could manifest through working hard. And I remember one of the few compliments, actually, this only reinforced it further, one of the very, very few compliments I ever received from my dad was he had gone on a, on a fishing charter with another guy who I was beef boning with. He was a slicer, but I was beef boning at Smith and at Greenham's. And um, he had told dad that I was one of the hardest workers he'd ever mm. seen. And dad said, oh, I was pretty proud of that. And I think that was the only fucking <laughs> goddamn, and not, I'm not trying to like run my dad down, but that's probably one of the few comments I've ever received in my life. Yeah. And, it, and because it was in that sphere that I, that I really uh, pride myself on. I didn't, I didn't get many compliments on. from my dad either, yeah. And especially because it was in a sphere that I pride myself on, it's not like it was worth a million dollars, you know. Mm. But it, look, maybe maybe it was kind of a blessing in itself. Maybe if we had have been um, complimented mm. and pampered and, and maybe too much, maybe we wouldn't have the work ethic and drive that we do. Maybe we wouldn't uh, be the people that we are. And it, you can only hypothesize about that. Yeah. Um, I think you're eventually going to be the person you're going to be regardless of your parenting. It might just take a little longer, which you did in my case too. But um, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, it, it discomforts me for people to look at it as though I've got everything figured out. I think I do a little bit now. I definitely didn't always though, mm. you know what I mean? In the same way that gratitude makes me fucking uncomfortable too. It's like, yeah, feel almost fraudulent. And it's funny when people know me only through social media, let's say it's like, oh, wow, you're this this guy of strength and, and so on. I'm like, like that's only because I don't think that posting anything bad and not so I haven't posted things or I've been negative or bad or sad about or whatever the case is in the past, they're just not productive for anyone. So I only want to post things that are going to help other people. So what the fuck would I post that I pranked a car or lost $100 on a bed or if I don't, I don't gamble uh, or, you know, if it's not going to help someone, if it's not going to inspire, uplift or, or create some drive in someone, what the fuck would I post that? I mean, I, I know when, for example, when I was going through an emotional period, like, you know, I'd post the odd emotional mm. thing because I think I subconsciously wanted attention. I wanted someone to recognize those emotions. But now it's like, I don't, even if I was going through something emotional, I don't need that. I only want to help people in that sphere because I'm so self-assured. Well, well, that's something that's happened with you. You've become much more careful with what you do post and much more precise, which is the point where, like, it's clear what, and it's what, a large part of your personality has turned into us. It's a large part of what this podcast has turned into is uh, people, you know, think of you as this strength guy, as, the, as this, this guy who um, uh, advocates certain, certain moral grounds and is, is like a, a figure, a figure of, of strength and um, uh, assertion. But um, a, large, a large part of what you've, 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 you've turned into a writer, 
you've had this podcast is in a lot of sense has turned <laughs> at least uh, with, with some of the guests that you've gone on so far the, the into a, into a writing podcast you, you you spoke deeply on the writing process it's something that i know that you that you care a lot about now maybe that has come from you really caring about what you put out into the world really caring about the way that you um explain yourself there's numerous elements to that oh, that's um, a question that i have where, where, where is your inspiration as a writer coming from i, so, I find it a fascinating turn in your life um i had a conversation with a strength coach from the states earlier in the week named sweet burns excuse me super complex and interesting character anyway he first stimulated the desire to write a bit of poetry hmm. He's like a big gnarly tattooed up pal after a beard and stuff, <laughs> okay. but very articulate, sure. very well written. It's funny how they go together, eh? You know, oh, it's, it's interesting. But it's also- <laughs> That it's, multiple archetype thing, like you said. But it's, I think it's also rare too. We just see it more because of social media. Anyway, he- I, sort I don't of came, think it is that rare. That's just my opinion, yeah. He came to the conclusion that um, poetry done well, and I'm just using poetry as an example, it, I mean like, it can encompass emotion in a more impactful way than, you know, an arbitrary phrase of words mm. put together. Mm. As in like, mm. if it's put eloquently, it's put artistically, mm. it has more emotional power. Mm. And I could elaborate on a book, a poetry book he once yeah. wrote called Clues About Ghosts. Incredible. And it, it becomes lame. It's got more depth. It can be interpreted so, in, a, in, a, in a variety of different manners. So I realized exactly, um, which is one of the beauties of poetry, mm. but I realized that writing helped me harness emotion. It helped categorize. Mm. It helped mm. review it um, mm. after the fact. Mm. And so... I thought, oh, there's actual more power in this than I realized. Mm -hmm. And now if I'm careful about how I write this and I structure in a mm -hmm. certain way with highs and lows and, mm -hmm. and punch points and so on, it could be the message of uh, the intended message could be more powerful mm -hmm. if it's written in, a, in a, a productive way. So I sort of slowly developed my writing skill knowing that anything, uh, let's say it's, it's an opinion that's held by many, but if I can put it into a series of um, paragraphs that as you read it, it climaxes, it has a punchline mm -hmm. and so on, it's going to be more impactful. Now, I'm not saying that my words are more impactful than anyone else's, but, but let, an, let me give an, an example. There's an art in it, right? Let me give, absolutely. Like and let me give an example. Course, Frederick yeah. Nietzsche, I mean, like, he's, uh, Marcus so, Aurelius, their, their, their uh, phrases, one-liners, have stood the test of time because of their complexity, because of their uh, beauty in just putting those words together, because of the emotions that they can pull based on how those words have been put together. Oh, sorry, did you, did you say Nietzsche, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, you know no, what I mean? No, so yeah. it's just as an example of, of how more... Uh, profound and powerful words can be when done well. In the same way, you could you could argue the same thing for media. Like, what what, what, what Nietzsche say? I can I can I can write in a sentence or in a paragraph, but it takes a, 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 another man to write an entire book. And that's part of the beauty. That's, there, there's that's some arrogance the in the man as well. But for you, sure. you, you, you just have to go touche. You're, 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 you know, <laughs> He's so. right though, and that's that's part of the skill. That's yeah. part of the skill. Yeah. Um, but so, and I sort of realized, oh, I've got a, I've got a bit of a skill here that took time to develop. And I thought anything I'm learning from personal experience or anything I have learned or I'm learning as time goes on that I think maybe people haven't considered or they haven't thought about from a certain perspective or they don't think about it at all. I'm going to try and bring it to light in a productive way, in a positive way, in an articulate way as best as I can. So maybe it helps someone's life a little better because, and as I said to Kyle, like 
when I write something, let's say I've got an idea, I'll bang it down real rough and the, shit. That was Cole Perry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, was, that was interesting, that podcast. I'll edit yeah. for like three mm. fucking hours, mm. three paragraphs, mm. so it sounds right, so it reads right, so I know that message is going to be impactful. Yeah. And I've only got like an audience of 2,000 people, maybe mm. only 400 people mm. read it. But if only one person changes the course or opinions for the better or for the improves their life because of it, then good. Then job well fucking done. Then my job is done. And even if they don't, I've enjoyed the process anyway. I was about to say, how about this? How about that? Because what you're doing is you're just thinking. You're like, you're, you're like, uh, you're like uh, being more precise with your thinking. You're kind of like adjusting your thinking on the spot. It's like, how can I, how can I dig this into my own brain in a more articulate and a more kind of concise manner? Absolutely. That's, what, that's what you're doing. You're updating your own thinking, like in real time. Yep. On paper, you start, you start writing. It's like, okay, I have a thought. I'm going to try narrowing this thought. I'm going to try like really outline and and and, and strengthen this thought. And that's what you're putting out there. It's just like you're just you're putting a more well thought, a more well constructed idea. Because people, people think they think when, when you're thinking just in your head and you're not saying anything. You, it's more like a kind of floating around kind of uncontrolled by the unconstructed ideas. It's not until you actually either speak it out loud like mm. we're doing now or even more precisely put it on the paper where that thought is actually it is integrated. That thought is formed and that thought is, is you know, is much, uh, is much stronger in a sense. You're putting stronger ideas out is when you're, when you're writing. Two interesting, really good points there that makes me think of is one, if you can't explain something, you don't understand it. Uh, now, that's not uh, the truth uh, for uh, everything because some people are just poor uh, at replicating. You don't realize ideas, how much you don't understand something sometimes. You start writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was my point. Um, yeah. The other one is sometimes you almost get too wrapped up in the thinking process in itself. Like, let's say I've got an idea, I believe it to be correct or true, or here's just a critical analysis of a certain social behavior trait, whatever the case is, I'll review that. I'll, I'll write it down. I'll try and make it sound as pretty and articulate as possible. I'll come back to it to two hours later. And suddenly I'll look at it a little bit different and I'll find flaws in that thinking and I'll structure it a little bit differently. And sometimes it becomes paralysis by analysis because I'll review it so many times and I'll try and see it from different, I'll look at it a different lens every time because my frame of mind isn't the same as when I wrote it. My mood is now different. So I see things differently and I try and look at it from all different perspectives in the same way you might do with political arguments. Having the the open-mindedness to look at everything from multiple perspectives is difficult. And I can only do that if I separate myself from it for a period of time, review, separate, review continuously. And it's the same with any form of uh, structured ideology or anything. I need to take time away from it to review it, to think, if is that really what I think about it? Or is that an emotion dictating that thought? Or is that really the truth? Have I thought about it from this perspective? So anytime I put an idea out there, and I think this is why I do it less these days is, because mm. I see things from so many different perspectives mm. now and put myself in so many different minds when I'm looking at something that I almost mm. understand that absolutely no idea is absolute. You so instead- wanna, wanna, I'm gonna put stuff out that you're confident with and as, as, you, as you, you, you realize that there's not that many things out there that we're really- For sure, so, about, you know, so, so, so more, more importantly, it yeah. becomes a point where I'm trying to stimulate a question or stimulate yeah. a certain thought mm. because then it doesn't have to have a right, right or wrong answer mm. and there's no absolute mm. to anything. Because nothing is absolute. No. And I don't know who said it, but as in um, the only thing that we certainly, uh, that we know for certain is that we truly know nothing. Um, probably like some Greek so like Socrates or something, yeah. yeah. Um, but like the, I think about that quite often when yeah. I think I've got something worked out, and especially in like a social sphere, I've got to remind myself that I'm only exposed to a small portion of the world. And as much as I think I, as much as I sit back and analyze people 
unintentionally, it's just something I do subconsciously. The more I think I've got them figured out, the less I realize I have them figured out and that I'm only seeing such a small demographic of people from the whole of the world and I really understand absolutely fuck all. Mm. So all I can really do is summarize a question, mm-hmm. a thought invoking question for other people. And that's what I try and do primarily now. However, at this stage of life, most people, there isn't too many questions we haven't been presented with. Uh, there's not too many things that haven't been thought about, but it doesn't mean I can't present the same question in a different way that's more productive for my audience. I remember I posted something about, you know, being the best you could be in a very, very vague way. And a guy commented, I think he's a Canadian guy actually, commented and said, I'm pretty sure most people reading this would already be doing this. I'm like, I replied something along the lines of like, well, how do you know what my audience comprises mm. of? Maybe there's 90% of my audience that hasn't thought about this this way yeah. just because it seems evident to you doesn't mean it's not evident yeah, to everyone else. There's a foundational idea that can be conveyed in a thousand different ways which, which, which uh, presents better to a thousand different exactly. audiences. You know? so, exactly, yeah. yeah. So some, some, some ideas never, um, are never exhausted. Some ideas need to, need to be explained over and over and over and over again in different ways. You know, some sometimes though, and especially in, for lack of a better term, I hate using it as also, but in the manosphere, let's say, on social media, because it is such a powerful tool, things get repeated to the point they lose their power potentially as well. I mean, you see an idea for the first time, you said mm. it's profound, it's amazing. Mm. I had this conversation with Jack Donovan as well, actually. It's profound, it's amazing, it changes your life course. And then you say it again and again and again, and it slowly loses its power. Oh. It doesn't mean it's not powerful the first time someone reads it, oh. but it's almost like it becomes so repetitive that it's, I don't know, it almost discredits the person using it because it's so unoriginal at that point. It doesn't mean it's not something good and well-intended. And that's, that's again, well, that's maybe probably, I guess so, well, that's, that's probably what a brilliant answers. writer can do as well. They can they can often, sometimes every now and then, they, they come back and they revive what what was had become a stale idea. For sure. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's sure. a, a brilliant part of writing as well. It doesn't have to be new. It can just be a, 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 an innovative and uh, uh, entertaining way of presenting a very old and stale idea. You know, so I think that, that happens sometimes. Or just, just showing it a different point of view because typically, I mean, yeah. I use this quite, quite often, but we're the summer of all of our experiences and no one in the world exists as we do and no one has seen what we've seen exactly, you know, in every specific detail. So sometimes our points of view can be a little more complex, a little different on a certain thing that someone hasn't seen one element the same way that you have. Here's, here's, a, here's a great ex- great example of a, of, a, of a book that would become pretty mainstream. I know within the within the last five years, I think, or, or, or a couple of books. Uh, see, they... they, they I thought they were really, really good books. It was the, uh, it was the, and the sub, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. I know you, 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 you roll your eyes, and then, <laughs> and then yeah, no, I get, I get it, and then, and then everything is fucked. Is the same thing again. Essentially, what this guy is is a philosopher. This guy is a guy that just that speaks about standard philosophical, foundational philosophical ideas. But the fact that he was able to present it in a kind of more down the earth way, he was able to he was able to use you know use swear words, you know, like able, able to like kind of portray it in that he's not this this uh this kind of pretentious academic, and he was able to portray it in that way. You read through the books, he just has a really great grasp of philosophy, and that's all he's doing. He's putting out old, what was probably maybe otherwise stale philosophical ideas, but he's just presenting it to a to a I don't know to to the working class, you know, in a sense. I thought that was brilliant in that sense, although I don't think there was anything uh, groundbreaking in what he was writing. I just thought he just presented it, you know, that was in a different Look, way. I, I, I roll my eyes because 
uh, look, I haven't even read the book, so I can't judge whatsoever. Yeah. But I roll my eyes because of the the title. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, how, you see what how, he's doing, you know, where, where you have to stoop to the bloody get people reading or whatever. Exactly, so, yeah, yeah. And, and I've seen that that's become a trend now. Yeah, with, with titles and best-selling books. Well, that was innovative in his, in his sense. He was, was innovative. He was the he was first guy to do it. You exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. So, so respect to that. For yeah, sure. yeah. The another thing. He's a smart guy. He's a real smart guy. Yeah. I really should before I become critical. I really should read the book. I, I can't really. I have no pretty good. Pretty good. But I mean, okay, one thing that, that made me laugh at the time when I was a little bit bitter of an, an angrier person was that the satellite did not give me a fuck whilst I post about to share that I'm apparently not giving a fuck. Now, I know it's more complex philosophy than that, but it's just a little ironic. The satellite did not give me a fuck, but here's me showing that I give a fuck by putting it on social media, you know? And so I just like build up this stupid, um, uh, I, I don't know, perception of that book as if it was like just, I don't know, I typically have a distaste for anything too modern, too trendy, too popular. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was just it. And <laughs> that's, I, that's, that's, been a, that's been a clear pattern throughout your life. Hey? I know, which I, I don't ask me why that is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, hey, it's I've, I've, I've had so, that pattern as well. This the almost need to, to go against the, the, the grain. Uh, the, the, go against the grain, yeah. yeah. Perfect, you know? Maybe it's because we yeah. like to stand out because we like to be different. So, to something them. like that. And, and some people find comfort <laughs> doing everything the same, whereas I find comfort doing things different. And that's some sort of fucked up subconscious trait <laughs> I, I have. I'm not sure I really understand it, but I know it's something that exists. So whenever, if I like a song that becomes popular, I don't like it anymore. It's it's so fucking retarded. Yeah. I, I can't even explain that. So, so yeah, I understand this in my. Anyway, we've gone like wildly off topic. This <laughs> is this is supposed to be the Jebediah phase of Cornish episode. It is not. Well, I made this very clear from the get go. I didn't. I, I I I don't feel in position for this to to be any kind of any any kind of interview. I just I just wanted I just wanted to talk to you, man. I just wanted to be a conversation between friends. No, how, how, however, there are there are there are there are there are things that can be talked about. I think there are there are, there are things in this town. There are things that um uh that that that, that I do want to promote. About my life, about myself, to want to, that I want to keep going. Um, we we touched on this very briefly a couple of times before, much much more briefly than than I would have. Of course, you and I we start getting all abstract and philosophical straight away. That's <laughs> been our, been our trend. But um, I want to talk about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. See, um, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, <coughs> it, it, it ties into many things that we, we we've been speaking about before. It's like a but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is is the is the art of ground fighting. It is a martial art that is um, that is uh, it's basically um, uh, it is a martial art of, of grappling. It is a martial art of submission grappling. It is a martial art of chokes. It is a martial art of joint locks. Is uh, is what is what you see when uh, when when a fight hits the ground in the UFC. It is it is everything on the ground outside of the actual punching punching to the head. Cool thing about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is is that it's a it's a, it's a tested and uh, improved way of uh, martial art. It, it, it is something that works. It's uh, it's it's um, what 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 I'm trying to get at is um well for one it's it's, it's awesome. It's bloody um it, it helps males or females or anybody to to kind of to get that that that. Their, their, their primal kind of fighting urges out. It, it helps them to learn to get more confidence. It helps them to learn something that is functional. It helps them to, it, uh, it, it gives them something that, 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 that they can think about. It gives them something that they can improve. Um, but the cool thing about this, although it is a lethal and effective martial art, it feels 
much more like a game than it does a fight. I think that's the way the the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu separates itself from um, things like uh, like uh, boxing or kickboxing or mixed martial art. Although um, I've I've, uh, I've had some experience in all in all in all of those um, in, in all of those worlds, and, uh, and, and and there's great benefit in all of those uh, types of martial arts and in uh, combat sports as well. The cool thing about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is I, I really think it is something that, that everybody can do. It is something that everybody can get benefit out of. Um, one of the big problems of this for me and for, for the town of uh, Bernie and for Northwest Coast Tasmania, however, is that we don't, we don't have a whole lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu clubs about the place. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I've experienced a great benefit and um, the beauty of this sport. And um, I, I, uh, it's been the basically the worst part of me leaving Melbourne city is that I haven't had a comprehensive and, and ongoing way to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I basically had to figure it out from the little, from what little that I've got. And, um, uh, I've recently built a new house, um, uh, <laughs> that has a single garage that's attached to the side. And, uh, in the process of building this new house, I reinforced the wall with floorboards right, right through the garage, which has allowed me to stick some, some padded mats up the side. And, uh, and now, now I've got them on the floor as well. And it's, um, I've got a six by three and a half meter padded room to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's what I, 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 I call it Sunday rolls. And that's uh, basically just saying that I, I want people to come around to my place on Sundays and do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with me. Um, you have been one of these people that have been popping in, not as much as I'd like you to. Yes. Yeah, I know, you, I know you're, you're a busy guy, but, um, uh, I want people to come around to my garage and I want people to learn grappling. I want people to practice their grappling because it, uh, because <laughs> I need it in my life. And I know a lot of other people can get, get great benefit in their life. It's just, there's, there's something raw, there's something fundamental about it. The, the idea of we've been wrestling since the, you know, our evolutionary ancestors, whether it was monkeys or bloody rodents or whatever, every, every animal almost in it, <laughs> at least mammal, in, uh, in the world that has some some form of, of wrestling in, in, in their behaviorism and in, in their character. Um, and then that, of course, manifests itself in a, in a, in a much more conscious and um, uh, sophisticated manner in humans. But um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the, is, the, is the peak of that. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a great sport. It's a great martial art. And it's, um, it's something that I want to I continue doing for the, uh, for the rest of my healthy life and um yeah i mean you've you've had a, you've had a little bit of a go at it what 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 is your thoughts about your some small amount of experience so far with uh with grappling with wrestling with brazilian jiu-jitsu um uh, like you said it's a bit of a game uh, i'm starting to say it i mean when i was boxing i would think of it as i began to understand it more you realize that there's a bigger play at hand that you can't see unless you have like an educational foundation of it. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't understand that there were strategies to play. I didn't understand that there were setups, that there were feints, there were there are things put in, uh, put in place to set up an eventual plan. And I've started to see that in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well, that it's almost like chess, that quite often you're trying to play a few moves ahead or bait things to play a few moves ahead or set things up to play a few moves ahead. So it's definitely, a, I mean, people might look at it and just think, oh, you know, you've got to be strong and, and you're basically just wrestling. But there's such a subtle art of um, uh, 
like structured decision making that needs to be i mean when you get to the point it becomes almost instinctive that you make these decisions because they have to be made fast but it's almost becomes like a game of chess wrestling game of chess and i'm obviously not at that level like i'm about about, about th- 3d chess it's the, yeah the, 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 oh, complex, the different ways that the body can be moved and entangled you know and that's something yeah. i've come to understand that it is significantly more expansive and complex than i ever would have given it credit for yeah. but one of the beauties of understanding it to that to even this barely foundational level now is that when i actually watch it and ufc fight let's say or clips of a jiu-jitsu tournament i can kind of see what's occurring now as in like i see uh, like a couple of black belts rolling around. It just looks like they're just doing a series of tumbles till someone gets tapped. <laughs> but now I kind of am beginning to understand yeah. where they're trying to sweep each other to or what they're trying to maybe potentially get to what form of submission or at least sweep to gain points. Um, and once you get to that, now I'm at this understanding, I have a hell of a lot more of appreciation and respect for it because I didn't understand it previously. And I worry that people look at it as just, it's just a form of expression of strength and it's real, but I mean, evidently now it is most definitely not. It's, it's can be uh, perceived as an art form. And I think most martial arts have a certain level of complexity that can make them almost like art. And I think they do have uh, cultural ties that make them quite a spiritual process as well. The, the process of learning the process of discipline it requires to turn up to training. Um, and they typically have a series of like, um, would be the word like a um i can't even think of the word like uh i can't even think of the damn word but where you start to understand respect because you respect your opponent you start to understand discipline. all these personality traits that need um garnering they need a nurturing environment to help develop them especially in young uh adults yeah. i mean Imagine if we had a found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when we were oh fucking God. 12 right. or something, you know, we wouldn't have been jumping in the bushes off school <laughs> fucking roofs. Um, we would have been channeling energy into something significantly more productive that would have developed our character, that would have developed yeah. our physical skills. This is where I wanted to get to originally in the conversation before we, can, we, we tangent off way, 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 way out to where, where we got to. But I, I think uh, Jiu-Jitsu, in a sense, that it really... It really, uh, to use that word again, it really channels and incorporates the, those three pillars that we spoke about at the, the, the start of the conversation so so well about uh, about strength. You know, you said you know the uh, jiu-jitsu or grappling or wrestling shouldn't be looked upon as, as just the uh, uh, presentation or, or manifestation of strength. It's so much more complex than that. But, but strength, of course, is a major yeah, characteristic sure. of it, a major element. It's like. I know, I know you know this by now. I know we, we've had some really good wrestlers. You're actually, um, you're actually a really good natural wrestler and really good natural scrambler. That's the thing. Um, it's about man. I, I, I grab those those hips to try to get you with a double leg and you sprawl. That's like I'm hitting the fucking boulder, mate. This is like you, you're, a, you're a fucking ball of muscle and you scramble around. It's some, some that I want to, uh, that, I, that, I, that I hope to kind of capitalize on a little bit more and hopefully I can more in the future. Is um, some of you powerlifter guys down there at the down there at the strength end down here in here in um you know in, in Bernie Town. Um I feel like a lot of them could uh could not not only really take to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because of the, the 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 fundamental kind of physique and strength that the, that a lot of these guys contain, but also gain a lot more from it as well. It's like all you guys that you 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 power lift the, the powerlifting crew down there say the the strength down it's like you guys um so such a good culture down there you know there's the, the, the there's, there's so much 
hard work that's happening. There's so much uh, improvement um, that is happening down there. And there's the clear culture of the of of development down there. But um, to be able to use some of this this crazy strength that you guys are building, and to be able to use that in kind of like a more I don't want to say functional because strength is just functional itself, but I, I, in a kind of uh, way that you can kind of really t- just with more variety in a sense. You, you, you're learning to wrestle, you're learning to use hand-to-hand combat. There's just like a, there's a real pleasure in learning that your strength is, is making you a better combatant. Even if it, even if being a combatant isn't necessarily relevant in today's society, you should you should uh, fighting shouldn't be. Um, in the, in the realms of, uh, of people's behaviorisms. I don't think, I think, I think that's foolish. I think you, you, you need to grow up if you're still like an adult and you're, you're getting in fights or whatever, but it's bloody nice to know that you have a level of, uh, of, of proficiency when it comes to hand-to-hand confidence. It's just good for your underlying confidence. You know? So, so something, you know, it's like that in itself, just like the knowing that you have it there in a sense probably just makes you more calm in, in so many more situations. Plus it just yeah, feels but, good. We still contain that instinctual kind of, sense or gauge where we sit there and just like, bloody feels good to know that you can bloody choke someone unconscious <laughs> if you needed to be just like in the back of the head not that you ever you know you know what so uh you know it'd be cool to get a lot more guys who have a good foundation of strength mm-hmm. in jiu-jitsu i agree but something i found and this is like there was a big bridge mm. let's i found this in boxing that one you're suddenly not just i mean like the power thing you could say we'll use that as the the comparison is as much of an individual sport as a team sport, right? But you're still only really competing against yourself. Now, when you go into combat sports, there's suddenly another unpredictable element. Mm. Now, when you're so used to being in the realm of understanding yourself, controlling yourself, you don't have to worry about other elements because you know it's all up to you. When you suddenly bring in another person, there's a whole new level of unpredictability that becomes very uncomfortable. So I struggle with that in boxing to create that adaptation that things weren't under my control. Mm. Now, the another part is, you're training in the gym typically on your own time schedule. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, I guess I'll get there about 5, 5.30, maybe 6. Yep. Suddenly, you've got a schedule that you have to comply with, which also makes it hard because with training by yourself, you can be dynamic. You can yeah. change days or sure, whatever. Sure. So, yeah. I struggle with that as well, yeah. specific times, and especially with my work schedule being all over the damn place. Yeah. Just for me as an example, um, with my work schedule being a little bit all over the shop, I found it really difficult to commit to times, as we've discussed previously as well. But um, so that bridge to cross would be difficult for a lot of people, especially if you've been doing it a certain way for a few years, you get so structured, so sure. used to. Now, I sort of I relish in the challenge of trying new things, new ex- I love new experiences, um, but when you bring it all in this, this for me, because training is such a big part of my life, it's a big sea change, it's a big adaptation or, or, or process um, that I have to undertake to immerse myself in that, uh, culture, process, whatever you want to call it, of jiu-jitsu, certain times of the week, certain uh, energy expended to know what to expect. And, and I, for example, I still do not like the unpredictability of not knowing who might be there. That's just something I've just got to adapt to over time. And you accept it wherever it comes. Like, you accept it. I know that, you know, it's very unlikely I'm ever going to get seriously hurt. It's very unlikely that, um, and shit, I remember when you did have a black belt, I come rolled up. I was hung over actually and I still came because I wanted to see what it was like to roll with the black belt. I didn't want to miss out on it. So it's definitely not from like fear or lack of self-confidence. It's just that because I'm not in as control as I'm used to in that training environment, it's just unfamiliar and it's less comfortable. So it takes time for that process to, for me to really relish in that process. And I need to throw myself headfirst 
more so, and unfortunately the work schedule doesn't allow as much as I'd like, in order for that to be the new comfortable in the training environment. Yeah, there's some, there's some great points that, that, that you bring up, but uh, like, uh, again, to, to being able to, to exercise the, 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 these pillars in our, in our manliness or these pillars in our progression, uh, through life, something like powerlifting, I said that you guys have like down there at the strength and such a great culture. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, although it's a very individual thing when it comes to, to lifting weights on, on paper at least, but there's, there's, a, there's a camaraderie down there I can see within. Um, uh, I, 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 I train down there, I do my exercises, but I'm not a part of the, uh, the, the powerlifting crew kind of thing. It's, it's just not something that I've, um, that, that, that I do, but I watch from afar and I see everybody kind of, crowds around each other when, when when somebody's trying to test themselves to go you go go for a, for a higher lift and you know you guys put on the fucking heavy metal music and sniff your fucking smelling salts or whatever and uh and, uh, and, and, and you get around each other it becomes like a, a team environment you guys are like kind of you know you there's a hierarchy there as well you guys but judging yourself like where does the hierarchy in powerlifting come from does it come from simply who can lift the most weight or does it come from who can lift the most weight pound for pound? Where, 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 where does that come from as far as who, who has the most mastery de- in, the, in, in powerlifting? It depends on what you admire the most. Some people yeah. admire sheer amount of weight moved. Some people mm. admire the technical aspect is in the mm, quality okay. of movement more. Okay. Some okay. people admire more knowledge applied. Uh-huh. It all varies. There's no really right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. far as that, that culture of supporting each other goes, I think anyone who is of sound mind and wants to see people do well it's going to draw support in the same way i mean okay this is a strange comparison but you're at a party and someone's doing a beer bomb like everyone wants to get around and be like fucking yeah, yeah, yeah you know do it or or someone is any sort of feat that demonstrates skill mastery um people typically support so you yeah. see someone doing well you want to get behind them and you want to give them your energy so that they can excel and in that environment that that energy energy collectively from multiple yeah. sources and funny we uh, talked to jack Donovan about this regarding rituals mm. the the energy exchange between people becomes becomes greater not enough it stimulates mm. uh, a greater level of neurology that you can't otherwise tap into or whether it's just your adrenaline gland is pumping so much harder or whatever's occurring it's it's something that I don't know, maybe hunters in the caveman days experienced collective energy and it made them run yeah, fast or there's something there that's that's um, uh, primal that just makes you want to hit new fucking levels, yeah. uh, whether you recognize it or not. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's cool. That's what I was, tra- I, was, I was trying to get to as well. So I was questioning for you this, to, to realize I didn't really know what I don't really know what I'm looking at, but I realized that there is more complexity and more depth to it than, than, than I understand. Definitely I, not I, as I, much I, as Jiu Jitsu. I was about that. to say, <laughs> I, I still feel that there are certain parts that, that, that you can get. Like, I'm not saying that, that, that I've created this yet. I'm not, sure, I'm not saying that, that, that I have this yet, but I, I do definitely see the potential. I'm starting to get some, some good guys coming around regularly and, and, we're, and we're, we're, get, we're getting some good sessions and, you know, uh, sometimes some good numbers as well. Um, but there, there are elements that, uh, that can... Uh, there are things that you probably get out of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that you, that you can't really, not to the same level... Uh, get out of say say even like a, a comprehensive and, and and a good culture of powerlifting um when you when you uh you you rolling brazilian jiu-jitsu wrestling it um it makes you nervous 
It's like you, you, you often find yourself nervous. Even though you, you're friends, you're slapping hands, you're bumping fists and you're going, you, 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 you're tapping each other out and you, you, you're slapping hands and you're starting again. It's like you get nervous when you, when you tap hands with a, with a good guy, when, you, when, when somebody picks you out from a side of the room and you know, they're, you know they're, they're, they're pretty good and they're probably going to get you or there's a good chance they're going to get you or you're going to test yourself. And you know what? You even get nervous when there's somebody who's a lower belt than you. There's somebody that like, uh, pressure. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's coming up and it knows, you know, it's going to test you. You kind of like, you constantly, there's like, a, there's a nerve and a, and a, and a, and a confrontation of your, of your fear that you're constantly overcoming. I think I, think I know why that is. Yeah. I think it's because it, you know that that, uh, especially with someone better, it's going to demand the best yeah. that you can do sure. for you to potentially submit them it, like puts, it puts a mirror it puts a mirror to you as well it shows you exactly where you sit it yeah. shows you exactly how tough you are and so you're either going to tap this guy or he's going to tap you kind of thing it's like and that's that's confronting it is sense, and it's yeah, like yeah. and and i think a lot of people potentially might show away from it in the same way lots of people would have uh, potentially throughout the course you of, get over it though it's like, yeah is that you don't want your ego to be truly discovered and what i mean by that is that um like everyone can talk a big fucking game and when it comes to like street fights or whatever the fuck and, and it seems like there's less of a culture of that i don't know if we've just got better circles these days but people talk less shit about who could beat who uh, or whatever the fuck you know it's a terrible conversation oh it's ridiculous so people talking about fighting talking about you know yeah, how, how tough they are oh, it's, a, it's, like, it's the worst conversation man ever. it's like i i <laughs> the only time that i like a fighting conversation is when uh, is when somebody's talking about a time that they got their ass kicked. <laughs> so the time that I... <laughs> or it's like, or it's a it's a really in depth analysis because someone has a set of skills and attributes yeah, okay. where there's like a reasonable yeah. assessment made. You know, I guess competitive but, fighting or something. Like but that, I mean, yeah. like you've got to be okay. You've got to be okay with being humble. And mm-hmm. like, especially mm-hmm. if let's say you're the bigger guy and there's a smaller guy, you've got to be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And that's that's as I've said to you previously. It means you've got to strap that white belt on, the proverbial white belt, mm-hmm. and be okay with being a beginner. The white belt mentality. Yeah, some, you've got to be like, yeah. always going to be open to learning. And even even in the realm of powerlifting, let's let's say I think I've got it pretty well figured out, but I'm never closed off to new learning, and I'm never like uh, disorientated about someone being at a better level than me in a short amount of time with less muscle mass, or you know, because it's just the nature. And you should instead of like being bitter or or being uncomfortable with being humbled. Be happy that someone's better. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, be yeah. picture as a way that this, this, let's say, this guy who's 10 kilos lighter than me has more advanced skills that he can outdo my more advanced strength. That's fucking awesome. That's really cool. He's learning is at that point that he can beat me. So I try and look at it that perspective and not like a, oh, shit, I should beat him because I'm stronger or, oh, I feel embarrassed because I didn't win. I mean, if you can sit back and analyze the situation, I shouldn't have fucking won. You know, I'm just using my personal and it's, it's through having that example it's through having that person that is better around you as well is that, that that gives you the the more attainable ability to to get better yourself yeah so it's by having those people that are better around you in any section of life that that that, that, that example that are the, the the reachable example that graspable example is right there in front of you if this person right that i can touch right here in front of me is this good then then, then i can get there as well there's, there's something Something different about a real life example to to to, to the say an example that you're you're watching from from afar on a podcast or something. There's something just cool about literally being around those people who you idolize, those people that are that that are moving forward in life. It it it, it, it brings you it brings it um brings you with them. It's like uh, 
Yeah. When, when I was a different, another comparison of that is when I was younger and you'd motorbike ride, you know, you'd be racing around the forestry tracks. <clears throat> you always got better when you rode with guys who were faster than yeah. you. And yeah. in the same way, you're always going to get stronger if you train with the stronger guys in a better, at a better rate, chances are you're going to get skills going to develop can, more rolling with guys who are better than I can, you. I can hear, I can hear you getting more articulate on the spot at the moment as you're doing this podcast and you're speaking to some of these other riders, you know, it's just like the same thing. <laughs> but uh, the same thing happens, you know. Look, and it, regardless, it doesn't really matter what your motives might potentially be. It may not even uh, be something that you are passionate about or whatever. But something like jujitsu is something that's going to develop you physically, mentally, spiritually. If yeah. you're open to it, um, I think that a lot of people need in their fucking it lives. It covers a lot of bases. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. Again, to, to go back to one of one of the. Uh, the the foundation of this conversation is um even Jack Donovan in the way of men I found it so interesting that although he, he did he even gave Brazilian Jiu Jitsu a small little plug in there I was just like wow okay. he's a blue belt yeah yeah, yeah. yeah what, <laughs> that's what that's what I, that's what I mean it's like it's like he this this fundamental in depth really really tightened argument of of the way of men but he still felt compelled to put a little plug about Brazilian uh-huh. Jiu Jitsu and that, but- that to me just showed that like. This, you, this this means something to everybody that really digs into for it, sure. I promise, yeah. But also, you're always going to make comparisons to what you know. Yeah. If I was a, a mathematician, I would make constant comparisons to mathematics and other analogies or metaphors in life. And I mean, I'm sure Jack Donovan's a lot of things, and he's done a lot of different things, but for whatever, it was it was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that he felt compelled yeah. to put that plug I think into. anyone who's ever rolled yeah. is like, is going to bring up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. at some stage, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, I, I have... In numerous circumstances and not like from any point of view where i think i know what i'm talking about yeah. because i've got no problem with admitting i know very little about yeah. it but just say oh gee i was thinking about doing some form of martial arts and i'll say do Brazilian jiu-jitsu i mean circumstantial but let's say that's a circumstance in which it's come up <clears throat> excuse me anyone who's done it typically is talking about it at some point or another yeah. but um no you're right you do have a good group of group of guys um it's funny, even some of the the short conversations that have stemmed from after rolling yeah, too, well, and and within the matter of sixty seconds, have gone really complex in nature, and, <laughs> and it's like, oh fuck, we could see for the next hour. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me, which is really cool. Um, There's a good variety of characters as well. That's the that's the, the amazing thing about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's like it, it, it really it really allows a vast anybody anybody at all and, and honestly I, I feel like it almost advocates itself to um to the to the thinking type more it's such a thinking sport it's like the, you you uh, i've heard it explained it's like uh, it was it was it was it was geeks um it was uh, the geeks route or the, or the geeks uh pathway um into toughness the greeks pathway into into to, to Fighting prowess. It's, it's how geeks have learned how to be tough. It's through <laughs> Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It, 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 it is geeky as hell. It really can get crazy geeky. It's like like there are videos online. Everybody and people really, really yeah, they they buy they buy the clothes. They they get into the, the into they, they they buy the seminars. They 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 really brings an interesting point. Have you yeah. heard of the term? I think it's pronounced physiognomy. No. <laughs> so um, in the online manosphere, there's a, a constant reference to physiognomy let's say some uh a guy makes a leftist kind of whatever you want to refer to it as comment on twitter yeah. and they'll they'll um screenshot it and be like look at this ridiculous opinion on subject x and let's just assume uh, it's a it's a male um espousing feminist type rhetoric just i'm just throwing things out there um 
anyway, physiognomy check is the term. And as a, it's typically a guy who demonstrates as though very little physical activity, um, you know, looks as though they demonstrate, um, have the attributes of someone who has like low estrogen, high body fat and so on. So physiognomy check, yeah, it checks out. It looks like someone who would be like a, a feminist cuck or yeah. whatever the fuck they call it. <laughs> but anyway, it's for a lot of the time, uh, it's almost like stereotyping people, yeah. I'd say. The librarians have a certain look. Uh, yeah. Football players typically have a certain look, let's just say. Whereas jujitsu, I found, there's absolutely yeah. no single no. kind of personality that's drawn no. to it more than any other. No. I just watched um, uh, highlights of a black belt match. I can't even remember the no. name of the guys. But the guy, I thought, I was laughing to myself because I was looking at the picture of one of them. He looks like a computer IT. Mm-hmm. He looked about 16 years old. Physiognomy check. He's one of the bad, most badass yeah. yeah. jujitsu yeah. guys yeah. in the world, you know? So uh, it's funny. That there's no Anybody stereotype. Anybody how to be an assassin with this, though. They, they, they put their mind to it, you exactly. know. Exactly. And there's no stereotype that, that um, is attached to it, I don't mm, think, because mm. it's, it's, and it's funny the, the different kinds of personalities and people from all different kinds of backgrounds and cultures that it's drawn. It, it's really interesting. I found the same thing with Muay Thai, for example. Its origin is in Southeast Asia, yet. There's French, Canadian, Americans, English guys who are really people like people like the fight, hey? Yeah, people people have this intrinsic feeling. Like the base of our brain, we've got the amygdala, which is the the differential. So it's it's, it's the fight or flight. It's primal. It's It's primal. It's it's as deep down in our system as it gets. You know, as it's fight, it's it's fight or flight. And and whether people would like to analyze at this level or not, I think everyone has some form of fight in their lives. And I'm not necessarily talking about the physical sense of they need to exchange fists or wrestle or whatever, but whether they're they're fighting through their football team that they yeah. support or they're fighting through their job. People want to be the successor. They want to be the hero. Of whatever it's that, it's that anger. It's that in. anger within us. It's being able to channel and utilize exactly. that anger. You know, they have, and, they have that integrated anger and being able to like, although it's, although you don't use it, you don't, you don't want it to, you don't want it to kind of, uh, discombobulate you at all you don't you don't you don't want to, to, to throw you off the path you want to be in control a bit but you also want to be able to, to use it you also want to be able to, to channel it to where to, to, to where it's needed and something like Brazilian jiu-jitsu can help you really get a good understanding and a, and a deeper control a deeper integration of that of that primal mechanism and a useful a useful productive skill I mean, it's productive training it's a useful skill and like let's say and i'm not criticizing anyone saying this but supporting your football team what fucking good does that do I mean, that's not a productive means of energy investment, if you ask me. It's entertainment. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But you're but right. That's probably what it's doing. You know, yeah. In a sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's what's used for the mainstream is. It's like it's like something for them to get passionate about, something for them to get angry about, somebody but that the really, to, to, really to stroke that you. instinct. You know, it's not providing you with any returns other than like a verbal fucking. Uh, brag at work yeah, about something exactly. you didn't even partake in the success of. And maybe you have mastery in your, in, your, in your football knowledge when it comes to the oh. football conversation or something. You know, I don't know. Anyway, I won't go too far. <laughs> Look, we, we've been talking now and a half now. Yeah. I feel like we could take it for three for without sure, too much course. trouble. And I also feel like this this definitely won't be the first conversation. No. Or, sorry, first or last. <laughs> won't be the last conversation we'll have because, um, yeah, we could, we could dribble shit for hours. So... Hopefully, anyone who's listening has enjoyed us ramble on about various topics, <laughs> primarily the. We got, we got a little bit out there, but we 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 brought it back in a little bit. Yeah. At, at some stage, I want to talk to uh, your about your journey, Jeb, because we barely even touched on that in regards to where you've been throughout the course of your life and some things that you've been through, because I think there's valuable knowledge in those as well yeah um, absolutely we'll, and uh yeah so i think if we can expand on those uh, in the future i think that'd be really beneficial and, and, and hopefully by the by the time we, we get this not the uh, next conversation i might have even moved myself a little bit further along some 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 some, some more of the goals that i'm um that i'm working towards but uh before I-
And on that note, I'll, uh, I'll give a I'll give a quick plug plug to a couple of things that I'm doing. Um, all in all in my my three by five oh sorry uh, three point five by six meter padded garage. Anybody who is interested in learning or, or practicing grappling and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, anybody in the, in the in the in the town of Bernie, anybody in the northwest is is, is uh, anybody at all is willing to come in at uh, on a Sunday, come to my place uh, ten a.m. And uh, we'll, we'll run through a few techniques, and we'll um, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll we'll grapple, and we'll have some rolls, and we'll, uh, we'll get a good workout, and um, you you will always leave the gym feeling satisfied. Um, That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also, uh, uh, I've got I have a fair bit of experience, and um, uh, I'm uh, I'm a pretty good uh, boxing mid hold I, I I hold I hold boxing pads pretty well. It's, it's something that I really enjoy doing. It's something that um. Has that kind of naturally happened as well? Is that uh, I've been uh, I've I've been holding pads for a bunch of people, and um, I've been doing personal training sessions that have been uh, uh, running in my garage. It, it revolves around boxing. I can I, I can give you real life sharp boxing skills, whilst also give you very satisfying workouts as well. So if you're, if you're interested in um into into doing some real life uh, expert personalized boxing pad work. Um, also hit me up with that. Cool, man. Thanks for your time, Jeb. And uh, no doubt we'll talk again in the future. No worries, bro. Actually, I'll see you tonight anyway. But Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The housewarming party tonight. It's going to be a fun one. We didn't even talk about your house that you just built. <laughs> anyway, more conversation yeah. to be had at some stage in the future because there's a lot we didn't cover. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys.